On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears, just continues to raise the bar. And good morning. Welcome to Racing HQ on a Monday morning. Monday morning, 9 o'clock. This would be better than 6.30 Saturday morning, isn't it? They're sleeping. What's, how long has this been going on, guys? It's 9 o'clock start for radio. Outstanding. Anyway, uh, I jest. Good morning. Welcome. Hope you had a great weekend. And away we go into another another working week. Of course, um, oh, gee whiz, Christmas, four weeks away. Tick under four weeks. Goodness me. Anyway, stack of racing coming up. I know this time of year, people will say, oh, I'm going on holidays. Going to take it easy. Nice, quiet time. If you're in racing, you know that's not the case. There are race meetings all around the place coming up over the next month. These race clubs get their chance to have uh, patrons on course. They might normally have all the holidaymakers get those. So a very important time of year. They're racing at Kempsey today and also uh, Wagga Riverside. So a bit after 10 o'clock, we'll check in with Graham White. Graham's done the form for Wagga. And Priscilla Looker will join Syl. She's done the form for Kempsey. So a bit after 10 o'clock, uh, we will have both of those previews today. Of course, it is Punters Postmortem. I'll be guided by... Uh, Ron Duffersey, David Gately, and I'm sure I'll be guided by Glenn Munsey, who's joining us as always. So I'm, I'm half the ring in for this morning. Uh, but look, speaking of ringing in, you can do that. Love to have you on the open line. Any questions for Duff? Um, also, Gator. Gator, of course, a lazy six winners from nine selections for Gator at Pakenham on the weekend on Cup Day. And Glenn Munsey, I think I heard Duff say those uh, those markets coming out now, pre-noms for the championships. I'm sure Munz will have a bit to say about those markets and get involved nice and early. 13-53-53. You know the deal. 13-53-53. Or flick us a text and a few texts already coming in for Punders Postmortem. 0419-767272. There's a Monday expert coming up after... After 11 o'clock, he's a Hall of Fame trainer in Australia. He can be a bit polarising. He's an unbelievable trainer. And uh, we'll have a chat with Lee Friedman after 11 o'clock. You might just want to switch off. You might not. You might want to hear um, a bit more about Lee's background. If you're Richard and Michael, you might want to switch off. I don't know. But uh, you'll hear more from Lee after 11 o'clock. An amazing life in racing for him. Let's get going here with, with Punders Postmortem. Uh, any calls for the guys? Any comments you'd like to fire through? The The open line is open. 13.53.53. That's 13.53.53. Any hard luck stories? Anything you'd like to, to, to throw at Duff, David Gately and Munns? Now's your time. Or the text line at 0419 in the last couple of weeks, he's been covering more ground than the early explorers to the other side of the nation and back. I speak of Ron Duffersey. Morning, Duff. Yeah, good morning, Richard. It looked a pretty good program there at uh, at Rose Hill on Saturday. Very competitive all the way through. Some hard luck tales, some good winners and some horses to follow. There's no doubt about it. So looking forward to the show this morning and see what the punters have got to offer. Can we stay in the West? You saw a pretty good filly over there, Ron. Oh yeah, uh, some people may say she didn't beat much, but uh, she she showed she's got uh, got that little bit of adaptability about her on Saturday. She was up in distance, she drew a barrier, she held a position, and she still showed that that sprint that she's got, and she just lays the ears back and uh, has a go that filly, and she 
is exciting um, um, for connections. You know, she's she's untapped. She's still filling into herself. Um, Amelia's Jill we're talking about. And uh, she's uh, got the world at her feet. So um, she adds a lot of interest into the autumn for sure. Okay, let's uh, welcome in a man who... Well, he'd be feeling pretty satisfied with things after the weekend. He uh, found six out of the nine packing and winners. David Gately's with us. Hello, Gator. It was well overdue <laughs> for a decent uh, day. I can give you that tip. But, um, yeah, I think Amelia Jewell was the highlight. Uh, I think if you've got the scalp of Cascadian, I think that's a good scalp. I mean, he's, he's right on the doorstep, isn't he, of, um, of our elite. So I know things didn't pan out perfectly for that horse, but it's not her fault. <laughs> and, uh, I thought she did a great job. Yeah, no, she's um, she's something else. And let's, let's welcome in a man who, well, there's a bit going on in the tab offices this morning. A few markets going out and about around the place. I know that plenty of our listeners love to have a crack at a bit of uh, futures and forecast betting. They get their chance this morning, Glenn Munsey. Hello, Muns. Good morning to you, Richard. Good morning to Duff, to Gator, to all the listeners. Yes, uh, the boys have been very, very busy over the weekend putting markets up on next year's championship uh, races and also the two and three years old uh, Magic Millions races for January uh, up. And uh, I tell you what, the punters went straight into a few in the Magic Millions races yesterday. Didn't take them long uh, to want to play there, Empire of Japan. 5,000 each weighed in the uh, Magic Millions two-year-old at $8. And then in the three-year-old Magic Millions, 3,000 each way. Hell, I am at $15. And 2,500 each way Russian Conquest at $15. So good to see them playing early. And uh, they, there might even be some early interest in uh, markets that are up at the moment. The Donny, uh, the Queen of the Turf, the TJ Smith, the Derby, the Queen Elizabeth, the Sydney Cup, the Australian Oaks. Uh, so, uh, yeah, they've been uh, busy over the week. Well, it is their job. It's like Ronnie travelling all around Australia. It's his job. <laughs> oh, any writer replied, Ron, you can fire away if you like. Uh, no, it's a, it's a nice job to have. It's a nice job to have. I enjoy getting over there and uh, having a look at the West and yeah, had a day at the cricket there. Yeah, yeah had a day at the cricket on Friday. Yeah. It was beautiful. But aren't your, well, are your cards marked, Muns, in this regard yes. or not? Yeah, 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 yeah. Never to tour again. Never stamped, to tour yeah. again. Uh, They're stamped. Uh, uh, they let me get as far as Newcastle, which is two and a half hours away. Uh, then Kembla's then, okay. Kembla, well, Kembla's actually closer than going to French's Forest. The suburb is uh, for me. It's uh, an expense problem. It's an expense <laughs> problem. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'm allowed to uh, the the Gold Coast in January for Magic Millions anyway. Just quickly here, Ronnie. Uh, I don't know who Newman is, but I don't mind Newman. Bit of early niggle on the text line. I'm like Munsey, forty days in loot this year. <laughs> Very good. Is, is that all? Jeez. Uh, I could spend the rest Newman's of, wound up there. I could spend the rest of the millennium off with Days in Lou. <laughs> Leave me alone. Do you, do you get this, Gator? Have you got any Days in Lou? You'd have a few up your sleeve. Uh, I actually got one. I think uh, I got a few this year for the first time in 23 years, so it was good. It's taken a while to work them out. <laughs> Very good. Any any thoughts on Days in Lou, Gator, or you just go about your business? No, no, I think, I think Christmas Day is coming up. That should be a ripper to have that day off. The <laughs> so, well, hang um, on, hang on, hang on. How do you get Christmas Day off when there's races Boxing Day? No, Don't you do any preparation? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, just bluff our way through that. I know, just kidding, of course. Um, yeah, Chris, uh, Christmas Eve is a Saturday this year too. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be at the form done nice and early for Boxing Day. Rightio. Um, again... Uh, the, the lines are open, 13.53.53, or flick the guys a text if you're out and about, 0419 start again, 0419 We might go to the last race on the day, guys. Text here from 
Simon, um, to, to Ron and, and all of you guys, can you give us some feedback on Sir Le Maire? We're bouncing to race 10 at Rosehill Gardens on the weekend. Cavalier, she was race 9, uh, I think, race, wasn't she? Race, she might have been race 8, in fact. Yeah. Uh, race 8. The race yeah, won yeah, by Cavalier Charles. Charles' race, yeah. Any comment on her, guys? Uh, not really. Um, what, what does he want to talk about, really? She got beat a fair way there. Mm. Just general, well, she general chance, didn't she? She, she, she split the Cronulla in the run, so I just couldn't find an excuse. The market was against her a bit as well, so, um, yeah, maybe she just needs a jar out of the track. It was probably her worst career run for quite a while. Uh, and when you said the market was against her, well, she was, uh, you know, she was second. Uh, she was actually the favourite the majority of the week. Uh, mm. Cavalier Charles came into favourite on Friday afternoon, uh, and he just kept uh, firming Friday afternoon into sort of the middle of the day Saturday, and Sir Lemur just kept getting out. Uh, I can tell you what, the market got the races, uh, the majority of races absolutely spot on there Saturday. Where, um, Ronnie, where's Cavalier Charles going? Six-year-old these days, he took care of business pretty well. He did, yeah. No, he's, um, he was well-placed there on Saturday and the market was attracted to him and he was obviously down in the weights and uh, he got the job done. So he's been just poking away. He had a couple of, well, I think he had about three runs back leading into that, including the Cosi Oscar, where he ran really, really well. And, um, yeah, the, the, he just peaked on the right day, there's no doubt about that and uh, Matty's done a good job with him, Matty's changing stables now and you'll see a lot more of him, I'd suggest in these uh, highways where he must have had um, oh, probably 300 runners and 290 scratchings because they're down, they're down in the weights and in the, in the highways he's also been from Canberra but I think we're going to see a lot more of him um, as far as him being very competitive in these highways in the, in the coming, well, years I'd suggest. Yeah, no, he's um, a lot of good horse. Maybe a caller on the line. Uh, Matt's joining us this morning. G'day, Matt. What would you like to ask the guys? Yeah, g'day, guys. Long-time uh, listener, first-time caller. Um, Duff, just a question regarding um, Pikey. He's been a bit of a Pikey fan for, for a few years now, and I just noticed he's sort of, since coming to Sydney and going to Melbourne and now heading back over to WA, he's, is he not getting the... The, uh, the book of rides like he used to or is it just because a lot of the other good jockeys are headed over that way to, to join the carnival? I think it's more so his stable is not in form. I, th- I think Bob Peters has sort of split his horses around now and he, he, where they used to be dominant and have all the good horses and pi- be just pikey all day, um, you know, the, the, the horses are just struggling at the moment. The, the team isn't as powerful and he's still aligned to them. So instead of him riding... You know, eight favourites. He, he's, he's riding, you know, ten to one chances to starting five to one because he's on them. Um, yeah. It's as simple. It's as simple as that. Um, but you know, he, he'll bounce back. Uh, but the stables just on a, just haven't got their headline horses up and running at the moment, and um, it's affecting his strike rate. There's, there's no doubt about it. Even though he steamed home on a well back runner winning the last, um, it was a, it was a struggle early in the day for him. He, 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 even though. You could hardly say he rode any of them bad, but he, he just didn't get the results that we're used to. Yeah, I did notice that. that uh, I think it's it, it, uh, Bernie to survive. I think that last that last race, yes, last horse was. Yes, Gee, that's, that was an impressive win. That one. Yeah, he tried really well going into the race, and um, everyone cottoned on to him, and 
it was a very popular result for a lot of punters there come the last and tell you. So, uh, yeah, he got the job done and he could well be a horse to follow because that was his first up run and uh, he did it quite nicely. Good, yep. on, good on no, you, Matt. Awesome. Good awesome. Man. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Thank you, Matt. And that's um, that might lead into a question here for you, Munns, on the text line. Can Munns um, let us uh, let listeners know what the turnover is like in the West on their big group ones and would it pay to run them earlier in the card at all? That last race in Sydney uh, oh, was a head-scratcher. No, that, that, that's absolute folly, running them earlier. In, it, the reason the turnover is so strong on Group 1 races in Western Australia is where they sit. All the major East Coast races are, are finished. So the concentration of everyone that's out and about is on Western Australian racing. That's why Pikey in the last is now a tradition because it's the get-out stakes. It's the last race more than likely in Australia for the day. And where are you going to look to? You're going to look to, to Pikey in the last. Um, just looking at some of his stats, he's only been back over in the West for approximately um, not even three weeks. And he's had sort of 50, more than 50 rides there already. Uh, and, and he's, you know, he's travelling around. He went to Pinjarra yesterday. He had, uh, he had five rides at Pinjarra yesterday. The closest he finished was fifth of any of the any of the the runners there and that twenty six dollars, twenty six dollars, eleven dollars, three dollars forty and four dollars twenty. It's not like the, the normal pikey that'd go to Pinjara, say, nine, twelve months ago, where there'd be a dollar seventy, two dollars, two dollars ten. He he wouldn't ride a ten dollar chance at, at Pinjara. But getting back to that thing, no, the the reason the turnover is so strong is everybody changes their focus to Western Australia and the coverage gets better for them on Sky Thoroughbred Central. Not that, you know, 95% of the country is watching Sky Thoroughbred Central, but they, they get that standalone coverage for those major races. They get good lead in times. And, and <clears throat> for example, I, you know, I'd already been to, I, I'd, I'd been to Rose Hill and come home and I was able to sit down on the lounge and, and watch the Northerly on Saturday. I could make a case to say I know it's, you get, can get shouted down, but I, I, I think the the main race has got a you know has got a case to be the last race. It's a very flat. After that big excitement of the local winning, and then we've got to grind through, and everyone just grinds. They start, everyone starts partying because they've had a result. They're back their champ, their local champ, and then it's uh, it's a bit of a non-event the last two races over there because you know they're, they're still partying the the big result. I, I, I think it. There's a there's a case to say have the last race, uh, the main race, and then start your party. Has that happened in Melbourne Gator? I think the one of it. I don't know whether it's a Cox Plate day, but I'm sure sometimes the the better race is late in the day. Yeah, look, they tried at the MRC Caulfield a few years back. Um, I thought it had some effect. I don't know. I don't have the turnover figures, which is obviously king in our sport. Um, but certainly from a punting perspective, I had no issue with it. There's always that talk of the Melbourne Cup, you know, the hits run and then there's four races you've got to grind. So um, I certainly see the argument, um, but it all comes down to, um, to turnover. That's, you know, that's what drives industry, as we all know. The negatives are if, if, if you've got weather and you've got your best horses in the worst, on the worst track. So that's, that's, the, that's the argument against it. You know, you've you, you, you got your... After a day's racing, it's probably if you get a drop of rain or something. Then why have your best horses on the worst part of the track? But anyway, it's open for debate. Yeah, I'll just have a look at some paramutual figures. I don't have fixed odds figures in front of me because they go out of the system on on Saturday night. Just having a look, uh, will, the, will the major the major holding pool on Western Australian races is the the Super Tab, only due to the fact that. Uh, 
you know, they're, um, they're pooled with Western Australia. And, for example, the, the last... Uh, the last two races, uh, where we're we going here, great radio, of course. But uh, in the the ninth race, the Windpool, with Pikey in the last riding one of the favourites, the Windpool there uh, was ninety six thousand. Uh, the Windpool on the the Northerly, which was the the previous race, um, was and it was run at. Uh, hang on, was the Northerly the second last, or was it the third last? Um, it was uh, no, Northerly second... was the second last. Yep. Second last, and the wind pool there was 200,000. So more than double. So look at that drop-off from the, the feature race. Um, even with Pikey riding the favourite in the last, you think everyone would be uh, desperate to blast out uh, with, with Pikey riding the favourite in the last. And the race before the Northerly on the, the Super Tab wind pool was 77,000. Just going back to text, um, uh, we'll move on, move on from Cavalier Charles shortly, but um, text there, Cavalier Charles was well-placed on the weekend, but have a go at the, uh, Matt's other runner, Mossman Gorge, and look at the placement for the last 10 runs. I would say rating, the horse's high enough rating probably dictates where they kind of have to go with a horse like uh, Mossman Gorge these days. Very hard to place these older horses that have hit a, you know, hit a high rating and then... You've got to grind your way back down in the in, in the system, um, which is slow. And there's another one, another case where uh, do we hold these horses' ratings up for too long once they've these older horses, and should we protect them a little bit better and, and give them a little bit of relief uh, when they should probably lose a length or two and make them competitive again? So yeah, it's just not the trainer's fault. It's just where the the ratings have forced him to go. Yeah, yep. and Mossman Gorge is only, you know, his absolute limit. He's never won past 1,100 metres, so he's looking for short course races. Um, and a lot of the short course races he's gonna, are open handicaps and those type of races, which, you know, he's, more, he's also distance constrained uh, as well. Gator, are you seeing, I mean, you go through the form religiously, you'd, you'd see older horses like that that are a bit high up and you'd probably want to have them in your numbers somewhere, but kind of hard to with their rating at times. Yeah, that's it. I mean, it probably gets to the point where they're probably a lot of them are just past their best, and and that's I think that's Duff's point that uh, they don't come back to their actual mark anymore. So they're not as well they're well weighted compared to their best form, but not their current form. So I think from a from a punning perspective, I'm always wary of that. Yeah. Text here uh, for you, Gator, and of course um, we saw I am me win on the weekend. Um, hi, Gator. Uh, I am me. Surely we're dealing with a stakes horse in waiting. Yeah, look, I think so. Uh, what's that? Uh, four wins in a row on dry tracks. The aggregate margin's nine lengths. Um, certainly some substance on the clock. Not so much on Saturday, but she did all she had to do. Uh, she led comfortably. Um, they got to within a length of her, sprinted away 250 eased up, um, and far too good. So you're taking a line through horses like a very fine red, then um, clearly you can make a case that she stakes class. Yep, and there's still room to move, move with it. She, what, she won a 78 first up and where she looked impressive and and then she goes to the 88 there on Saturday. Um, um, I must say she's a much stronger mare this preparation. Um, i just like to see a ticket off at 1,200 before I start, you know, wax lyrical about her. Um, 
Yeah, I thought she's doing a really good job, and the eleven hundred on pace was. That's why she was so short on Saturday. She, she looked the leader. She got the lead, and it's a it's a dead set bomb for the on paces at uh, the eleven hundred at Rose Hill. There's no doubt about it. Steve is on the open line at Newcastle. G'day, Steve. How are you, boys? Good. I had a bet on Jubis in race four. <laughs> Should have won by panels. <laughs> What was he, you Glad know, you can laugh about it, Steve. Hey? Glad you can laugh about it. Well, I wasn't at the time, but I, when you look at it four times, <laughs> should have should have walked in, mate. Jeez, um, I think everyone would have to agree. You know, she was not extended, and the market just the market knew, didn't it? I know she should have probably should have won, but the market just why she got to Iraq. I reckon she might have. I saw th- about three eight four dollars four dollars. Yeah. $4. And and I know a very smart man told you on Thursday, Ronnie, that it was fraught with danger. Barrier one for this horse. Yeah, well, come back to haunt me because I took 270 thinking it should be odds on. (laughs) And uh, look, I'm still having nightmares about her. But uh, anyway, that's racing. But um, she still run well. And I think she's a good filly or good mare. Um, uh, So don't give up on her. But um, the, amazing that she could blow like that and run into so much trouble. And, and that is the reason why she did blow as much as she did, because uh, Tim Owens was on with us before the, fir- before the first and said, you know, it's got barrier one, uh, the rail's out five metres, it could be just in a bad spot. And, you know, it, all things being equal, it may have won and mm. probably could have won, but that's racing. If, if, if you take the, the risk and think that she's going to find a bad spot, and let me tell you this, Brad Gray and I sat there, and I reckon we watched it half a dozen times. He did absolutely nothing wrong, Karen McAvoy. He, he even got off the fence coming to the turn to get around the heels of La Jolie Fee, but the horses in front of him probably probably thought they'd drop off. They didn't, especially Miraview. Miraview kept battling to hold him in that spot there, and the horse was in, uh, in front of him. Um, Stolen Jade, I think, might have even been in front of him. And it, they just held on for probably longer than he'd thought. And he yeah. had nowhere to go. And it was a very, very messy race. Like, Bella Rouge never had a great deal of luck either. And it was just left to, you know, Ruby Tuesday to come sailing down the outside with an uninterrupted run. You yeah, know, 100%. Well, 100%. I'll ask Gator this situation. Gator, when when you look at those sort of races in retrospect, this is one thing about computers and ratings and everything that I can't get my head around. You know, where is where is the um, the benefit or you know the 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 extra ad, uh, advantage for a horse like Frumos? How do, how does a computer take that sort of run into account? <laughs> it's a fascinating debate. It could go on for a long time. I remember. Uh, sitting with, with Mark Reed one time and, uh, and I was just learning the game and had all these computer ratings and he made that very point that, um, you know, it, the, the thing about a computer is it's only going to spit out information that you get. <laughs> it can't exactly. speak for itself. So, you know, it's really your, your opinion. And, and I think when you're talking about odds and the betting drift, it simply comes down to percentage chances of winning. So, you know, she's the best horse in that race. Make no mistake about that. And I will always gravitate to that as a punter and a tipster. Um, and I tipped her. Um, but, you know, if you're relying on, on bad luck and laying horses, I think you'll lose long run. But there, I mean, there, there are variables up to when the gates open. And then when the barriers open, a whole new set of variables, <laughs> variables come into the mix. Well, there's unlucky runners in every race pretty well. 
And uh, look, we sit there and we look at barrier draws and we we see trainers scratch from scratch every week from wide draws and then when they draw one they say beauty. And all, all of a sudden we're talking about a mare like this barrier one we you know we thought would race closer and you say I don't know you you can't guarantee that she's going to run into trouble you've got to treat it like she's going to get the run of the race and if they open up she wins it's it's as simple as that it's 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 uh, I couldn't penalise her for the draw. We have Mark I think Mark from the Central Coast here for for a chat on the line. G'day Mark. So Richard go boys. Hey uh, Duff question for you mate. Um, have you watched the last race at Durban on on Saturday in sunshine in Paris? Uh, I've got a a lot of time for this horse, but trying to obviously a golden a camber was really good on the clock and and the space between the second and third horses and all that. But I honestly thought on Saturday that um, the run was exceptional considering that on the weight been a listed race, uh, probably should have won the race by another hundred metres. But what I want to do is ask your opinion about that. But the problem that I have is because it is a listed race and her or her rating or her his rating. Like nine, six. I wonder what the rating Blake's going to give it for a listed race coming off a maiden at Goulburn. I know, 100% right. Um, I, I couldn't back anything out of a Canberra maiden. Um, I know you, you've made a good case saying that she, the time was there and she was impressive, and she was. Uh, but to go straight into a listed race and you know be beat, you know, nodded out by head ahead or whatever she was, um, was an outstanding achievement and saying that she's an, an excellent filly. But... Um, where does her rating go now? Well, I suppose she's locked into these uh, these listed races for the rest of her life. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I, I, I get where you're coming from, but uh, she certainly showed that she has got a very... That was no fluke at Canberra. She's good filly, and uh, she lifted to another four levels there on Saturday. Good on you, Mark. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see uh, see where that filly goes and... She's up to black type, that's for sure. This is for you, Gator, and if you, of course, um, uh, Duff and Munns might have a thought. Uh, can you ask the boys what they thought of River Rabble at Pakenham and what is her target race? Cheers, Steve. Steve's down there in God's country of Ulladulla, Gator. River Rabble, talk to us. Uh, good return. It jumped out really well prior to the run, and there was a bit of a, mar- a, bit of a nibble from memory um, for the horse in a really competitive race. And uh, first run is a gelding, I think, as well. And didn't have a lot of luck at at a key stage of the race. And um, the race was more dominated close to the the speed as well, as I'm flicking my pages. Um, So red card led, Juicy went up sat second. Not much changed in the race. Uh, She was midfield, sort of off them. Um, In a race, a little change. Should have finished a lot closer. As I say, he jumped out well prior to that. I think he's a coming winner. Rightio. We're 28 minutes to 10. This is Racing HQ. Going through Punders post-mortem here. Still a, lot, a fair bit to get through, I think, before 10 o'clock. Um, the open line's there for you. 13-53-53. Uh, and a few texts to get through shortly as well. 0419-767-272. Racing HQ on a Monday morning. We'll take a break and back with more. You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters post-mortem. 25 to 10, 25 to 9. If you're listening up north, great to have you with us. Pundas Postmortem here on Duffersy, David Gately, Glenn Munsey going through the weekend's events. On the text line, hi team, thoughts on tenderise in the last in Sydney? Magic Millions, question mark, from one of the owners, dot, 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 Ronnie. Pretty handy cult in hands here. Yeah, yeah good effort on, on Saturday. He's um, 
I think pretty lightly raced, isn't he? He's well bred. He's by Snitzel. He, yeah, he's just got. He's probably well just out of maiden class, but uh, yeah, he, he's continued to improve once they've um, just stepped him up a little in distance. So uh, yeah, I don't know where he stands as far as Magic Millions concerned because he got in there very light on Saturday. Uh, but yep, he's heading in the right direction. He's had a few runs this preparation, so he might be more of a next year horse than 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 um, than. Right, no taking on the big guns, but I'll leave that to Gary. I don't know if he'd be qualified for anything at the Magic Millions as far as getting in the race. I suppose Munns markets are up. The owner wants to go and have a bit of a look and they can probably get a hold of a pretty handy price about him. For whatever yeah, the, race you're going for. The yeah, well, the, the two and three-year-old uh, races are up for the Magic Millions. They're the uh, the easiest ones uh, to get up and going at the moment. And uh, I, I don't know whether it was noms for all races Magic Millions Day on Friday, but I know the two and three-year-old were definitely taken on Friday, so that's why the markets are up on that. So amazingly, there's only $500 difference between the two and three-year-old as to um, what is the race holding the most money at the moment. Greg from Port Macquarie is joining us on a Monday morning. G'day, Greg. G'day, Ross. How are you going? Good. I'm just inquiring about the uh, the cutaway rail. I, I, look, I've backed, I'm only a $50 punter each week, you know, and I save it up. And I try and pick the best horse, but every time, I've picked McAvoy the last three times, and he's been held up on, you know, and he's easy, the best horse in the race. Why can't they have a cutaway, try a cutaway rail in Sydney anyway, like Canterbury or somewhere, you know? I'll give you Ken Callender's number, mate. You can have a chat to Deffy about the cutaway rail. He'd be really appreciative of that. Uh, we, we haven't had a cutaway rail in Sydney for, what, 25, 30 years? Yeah, but how many times, like, last, on Saturday, uh, McAvoy, like, he's going for a rail. If he gets the run, he's the best jockey in the world, and the best horse wins. But if your auntie had undercarriage, she'd be your uncle. Sorry? If your auntie had undercarriage, she'd be your uncle. Most probably. <laughs> mm. Anyway. Good on, good on you, Greg. Yeah, no, look at I suppose running it's been that, that bobs its head up now and again, the old cutaway rail. No, 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 no. Or, or maybe it doesn't. <laughs> no, 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 no. Leave me out of the cutaway rail. You get a, If it's any better in close there, then you, that causes drama. Uh, everyone wants to duck back there. It causes interference. And if it's no good, it, you know, what's the use of having it? Uh, so, no, I'm not, a, I'm not a cutaway rail fan. Um, it caused drama when we had it last time, and I think we've learned our lesson. Anything to add there, Gator? Yeah, look, it's not, not really for me either. I think we've sort of moved on from that with respect to the question. I'm, everything's open for debate, or we're not sort of, not sort of learning anything. But um, I think when you've got benchmark racing, which they all were, on Saturday, competitive fields and good-sized fields, there's always going to be an element uh, of luck involved in the run, no matter where you put the rail and, and what cutaway, if any, you use. Yeah, look, it's, it's, it's logical. You know, if a favourite, a well-supported favourite, well, I'm not saying she, well, she was well-supported for him, I suppose, well, yeah. if, they're, if they're unlucky, and uh, we blame the jockey if he doesn't get out. You know, you can't, like Glenn said earlier, they had 10 looks at that race, and it just didn't happen. You've got you to gotta put up with it. I know it's tough, uh, but there's nothing you could do about it. If he barges out and causes drama, then you're the worst bloke in the world. Um, so it, it just it happens, you know, every day. Every day it happens. Um, uh, Gator, you can fire away with this one. We're staying with Sydney. In fact, we're staying with Race 8, I think. Um, 
or is it race eight? Yes, it is. And the question is from the missile. Morning, gents. What do we do with brutality and Shaquiro moving forward? Thoughts on those horses, Gator? Yeah, well, brutality was enormous. I mean, who's spotting him 15 lengths with 65 kilos and steaming home like that? He is absolutely flying that horse um, in every sense of the word, but it just can't seem to, to land one uh, or, or get a race, you know, quite run to suit. Um, and, you know, he's probably unlucky in a million-dollar race before that. Shakira, I tipped him on Saturday, but dry ground. Uh, I thought um, he tried well and, and would be really competitive. But competitive he was. Um, he beat the rest of them easily, but, uh, you know, it was um, I expected a little more. But he wasn't beaten far. It was a sound effort. He was enormous. Uh, brutality. Um, obviously, we all know it was his warm-up for next week for $2 million. I'd suggest he wants to drop a rain to really come into play, but he is one tough horse to do what he did there on Saturday. Um, I know he'd been past probably a few tired horses, but like Gator said, he had 64 and a half, mind you, and he's back 15 lengths off him at Rose Hill. Um, I thought he was a, a, an excellent run. And the other horse I want to follow out of that was there's a couple out of that race. It's Super Strike. He's he's got his foot on the till in a, in a benchmark 88. And Deficit I thought was excellent as well. But um, yeah, brutality. He uh, he run well again next week. It's just pattern with him. Uh, your heart's in your mouth if you back him. But if he gets the brakes and right conditions on the day, he certainly can can he could he could win a an Ingham. Staying with the same race, Ronnie, um, Jeff asked what happened to Mr. Dependable Saturday. He was up on the pace, uh, dropped out two poor runs. His prep as he finished. Yeah, look, his trials leading into this prep, he's not the same horse. There's something not right with him. Oh, Munns. Just a couple of texts that that have come through here about a certain protest at Coffs Harbour. Oh well, I said, what a, where was where was the um, Tom Moxon went the, over that on Saturday morning too, pretty he well. Did. And where was the one that I sent you on Saturday yeah, night? Sejuna, wasn't it? Yeah, somewhere in the in middle of nowhere, and and that was. Oh, good uh, morning to those in Sejuna this morning, that lovely town in Adelaide, in <laughs> South Australia. <laughs> Is that anywhere near Snow Town? <laughs> well, let's let's not go down that path, but a, <laughs> a short drive. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just had a couple of those interesting ones. Interesting, I think, from a. How's it come about, point of view? But rules are rules, duh. Uh, Muns and duh. Well, that, that, the, the rules are rules. And we're referring to the fact that Coffs Harbour on um, Thursday or fr- Thursday, I last think there. it was. Race three last Thursday. Yeah, there was a horse won the race. Flight, and it flying Euros. Two dead heaters. One of the dead heaters protested against the winner. And that protest was upheld. And people are inquiring, why is the other dead heater promoted to win when it had nothing to do with the interference? Well... Um, the horse that is protested against has to finish behind the horse that protested against it. So you can't disadvantage the horse that's dead-heated. Wherever they go to in the race, those two horses have to be in the same spot because they dead-heated at the end of the race. Now, a lot of people might say, well, it's a similar situation if you have a protest third against first. The second horse could have had the best run of all time. The winner across the line may have cost the third horse the race. And if the protest is upheld third versus first, the second horse gets the race and he's just there minding his own business. And the horse that's potentially been cost the race by the winner still doesn't win the race. But he can't finish in front of the horse that finished in front of him anyway. Everyone get that? Pineapple. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
uh, yeah, just a couple of texts there, and it, it's done and dusted now, isn't it? But I can certainly see uh, the thought process, and I agree. I sort of agree and understand that thought process that the uh, the other dead heater is uh, is being rewarded, even though they weren't part of that um, that protest. But anyway, what that's... about what about when you have the dead heaters protesting against each other? Mm. One is upheld and one is dismissed. You finish with a winner then. <laughs> that you would, especially if they did hit for second. There'd be no problems. Anyway, uh, let's uh, just a question here for you, Gator, um, uh, out of the Pakenham Cup. And uh, Gary from Waverley says, Kissinger as a seven-year-old, is that him? Can he go to a different level? He was good on the weekend in the Pakenham Cup. Yeah, look, I'm not sure he has a lot of scope to keep improving, but he, he's flying as well. I mean, uh, a terrific win Two, you know, two runs ago, given the moderate tempo, I think the leaders went something like 15 lengths below average. He was able to run them down. Got a good speed on Saturday. Nice big, perfect ride from Ollie. Just tracked him everywhere. Had the last crack. And uh, I know you can fluke 150,000 Group 1 winners or whatever he's got. But um, just the timing. And he's so strong at the end of that race. So, look, future score coming out did thin the race out a bit. But, you know, it's not his fault. Uh, he was uh, He was dominant. Rightio. Uh, another qu- of course the the open line still open. Everyone, if you're listening, uh, thirteen fifty three fifty three. Give us the give the guys a call. You have about fifteen minutes to um, to pose your questions. Thirteen fifty three fifty three is the open line. Another text coming through. They don't put a name to it. Uh, this one is for you though, Ronnie. It's regarding uh, Gaza Blanca. The the listener or the texter says. Looks a nice colt. Came into the race with a fair wrap on him. Does he still leave with a wrap on him? I think so. Um, I think most maps had him racing a little bit closer uh, than what he did there on Saturday. But I thought he finished off okay. His previous run uh, looked really good where he, he beat his stable mate, Greece. So, and he's early in his preparation. So, look, he's, he's at a benchmark level where he could win a few races at this time of year whether he hangs around here or goes back to Melbourne or whatever he does. But he looks a nice horse. Um, obviously, I know he probably... I think he may have won on a wet track in the past, but I think he's a dry tracker, and um, I think you can follow him with a little bit of confidence, actually, yeah, at that benchmark level. What are your thoughts, Gary? That, that Felix Majestic, quick on the day. Good odds for Gary Nixon. Just a bit too sharp for Garza Blanca. Yeah, look, no knock on the winner. Run the time, one eight seven. There was another twelve hundred metre race on the day with some handy older horses, and uh, um, had the races been run together, they would have uh, smashed that race. Um, so no knock on the win. Four kilos less though, and did pinch a break just as he was pinching a break for uh, Felix Majestic. That was when Gaza uh, Blanca was held up. Um, when he got out, he made significantly, uh, gra- uh, a good ground, thrashed everything else. I thought the run was terrific. Um, he was my best for the day, so um, I'll put my hand up there. You know, we were beaten, but I think we had the right horse. Uh, I suppose yeah, Mun's that morning. Those those three horses, I and me, Gaza Blanca and Frumos, were the most the most talked about all morning for various reasons. Yes, they were, and uh, just another Melbourne horse coming to Sydney. It's first run to race in a twelve hundred at Rose Hill. Starts short odds and doesn't run a place. Mm. Run second. Obviously, he doesn't win. Sorry, doesn't win. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark is texting in, Hi guys, do you think that a few horses didn't like the firm track? We've had soft tracks for ages. I'm thinking of Ocean Miss and Estadio Mistala. Love the show. Ocean Thank Miss you, broke down. Well, 
So it, it didn't like it that much. It broke down. Unfair yeah. to make too yeah. much comment on her. And and looked, oh, you know, poor thing was very very sore when it came back in. Let's hope she's alright. Um, Estadio Mastala. Well, um, I'm not overly surprised it got beat on Saturday. Uh, I, I've got a system, and Ronnie knows all about it. Horses coming from Wednesday races to Saturday races, starting short odds. It railed up on that, you know, on a firm track uh, on a Wednesday, and next minute, uh, it, it, albeit with all the scratchings, it still started from an outside alley. It just it resented the fact, uh, in my opinion, that Jason was trying to get it in and get it get it somewhere with a bit of room, a bit of cover because it just raced with its head in the air and for the first half of the race and it had nothing left. Uh, they just went too slow for those back markers in that race. I know that's hardly an excuse, but uh, it, look, he's a better horse than that. Um, you won't see a nicer win, uh, a midweek win, as you call it, Glenn, at his previous start and uh, a total forgive the way that race was run. He's, uh, he's better than that. Uh Text here for, for Gator and also Duff and Munz. Um, hey, fellas, could you blokes agree that it's a travesty Josh Parr doesn't get more rides in town? That ride on Zoom On was absolutely perfect, Gator. Yeah, bless his heart. Yeah. He, he just ran. It looked, it looked a very hard, hard race on paper, didn't it? A fast race on paper. And once they let these... Can't they inform these Waterhouse bot horses... Once they let them get a little rest up front, even though they're still rolling, um, yeah, they're very hard to beat. So he, he's a 2,000-metre specialist, this horse, and he proved that on Saturday. Look, and Josh Parr, well, he would get more rides if he could ride 54, but he can't. So it's as simple as that. I reckon that's about his limit, 57 or something. Jada. Yeah, look, I, I put it this way. When I see the name Jay Parr in the race book, I never steer away from a bet. So that's probably the you know the, the greatest uh, rap you can give any rider. Um, this Zumon's a really good horse. I mean, he came along at a good speed again, two in a row, and run good overall time. So you're not doing that if you're no good. And he's doing it with weight. 13.53.53, still time to give us a call and ask the guys your, your thoughts out of the weekend. 13.53.53, out of that race, Ronnie. What a king of clubs. Mm, I thought it was, a, it was a beauty. Yeah, he's, he's second, import second prep. And he went really good at his first run in Australia and then something wrong second start, back to the paddock. I love these imports second prep in Australia and he come, he's come back well. So he, he's, he's probably a horse to follow at, uh, at this time of year. Market market knew it had run a race there Saturday. Off they, two, they did, yeah. just aver, you know, not spectacular trials. Very very weak the last little bit. Its first trial, a little bit better than the next trial. But the market told you it was going to run a race there Saturday. It's probably one of the wins of the day. Zoom on when you consider the amount of speed in that race on paper, and when they got to about the twelve hundred, and Josh Parr led Timmy Clark by about a length and a half. You knew you are in trouble if you are on horses back in the field because they just control the speed, these two jockeys. Once they once they get to the front and someone leaves them alone, they're geniuses at it. Yeah, that's down to a fine art, that's for sure. Question here on um, on the first race. Dave from Norellan says, um, can't wait to see Kazalak in the autumn or maybe even a Queensland winter. Thoughts, gents? Well, that's the plan. I think it's no secret. Chris says we, he might be our... Queensland Derby horse. I reckon he's a blinkers candidate. He seems to float. And, he might get um, a snip too, I think. Yeah, a snip and blinkers and he might be cooking with gas because he just seems to, he doesn't know how to flatten out this horse 
but when he learns all that, uh, he'll be fine. So there's been a rap on him all the way through, and I think we should cop that and cop the angle what they're talking about. So he'll, Chris will treat him like the, uh, a Queensland Derby type of horse, and uh, we'll see how he progresses. I don't think he holds a candle to his stable mate who would have won that race by a furlong that went to Brisbane, Cova yep. Lika. I think he's much, much, much better than Kazalak. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know if I agree with that. All right, we'll see. Time, uh, time will tell. Any, any thoughts on, on Kazalak, Gator? Do you like him? Yeah, look, I do as a horse. I mean, the first four there thrashed everything else. You know, Secret Glamour's got some former and some really good fillies. Um, you know, the winner did give the males two kilos and still beat them and came from last. So, but it's, it's a reasonable line to draw, uh, taking, you know, using that mare, Secret Glamour, as, as a guide to this horse's ability. And he should have finished much, much closer to her. Okay, just a text here, Munz, and we mo- we'll move on from uh, last week's dead heat shortly. Hi, guys, regarding the dead heat, Munz, I had the three boxed for Aquinella and Exactus, so only got the dead heaters instead of winner and dead heat the second. So that's... Uh... Oh, uh, so yes, because the two dead heaters are promoted to join winner. So in the exactor, he would have had the exactor twice, but he would have only got half the dividend both times. Mm. He, do, he, you know, he, you might look as though as though you're getting paid twice, but you're only getting half the ticket twice. Okay, there you go. So it's a result, but um, maybe not uh, what you were totally hoping for. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Let's uh, let's get on here, uh, Ronnie. Let's go to race number seven on the day. Uh, again, gain Adrian Vranelli, solid. Probably found the right kind of race at the right kind of time. Uh, yep, and another one who's the with the pattern of the, the horses and the stable. They they just make their own luck. So it's a good improvement from him. Um, look, I was on Rainbow Connection. He had his chance. He's threatening to win a race, but he's one of these horses where. You know, he's bent that benchmark and his consistency just gives him that kilo or two, two more to get another win on the board. But uh, he's threatening to. But, uh, yeah, Prinelli back in form with a with a beautiful pattern. Thoughts on race seven, the Gator in Sydney? Uh, really competitive race. Time uh, not great. Um, serious blanket finish. I've got some concerns about finding future winners out of it. Mm. Uh, Munns, my man uh, Patrick from the Central Coast is back this morning. Can something be done about that annoying semaphore board that appears on the screen just as a photo finish is being replayed? That's a, a question we'll have a chat with Sky Thoroughbred Central about. Oh, yes, that's the um, the, the, the vision that comes yeah. in and can uh, block off the actual finish. Yeah. Vernelli there was like the last winner, raced on the rails at Kembla on Gong Day, and anything that raced on the rails at Kembla there has improved enormously at its next start rather than those that sat four and five off the fence in the best ground. It's amazing that if you can identify something like that and go back and uh, you can get value some horses, can't you? It's uh, if, if When you get those patterns and then people, punters forget quickly, uh, but if you can mark them off and uh, identify it and bring it into your pricing, you, you can get an edge there. Yeah, Brad and I were discussing it on Saturday, that, that exact thing, and it's, it, it's the hardest one to work out because if, if it's fence on fire, yep. um, as it finished up later in the day there, anything that worked in the run, like a horse like Key Largo, for example, that worked in the run the whole race there the other day, you're entitled to forget him. But when it's off-fence advantage, 
um, y- your eye keeps looking at the fact that sat, the horse that sat three and four wide, no cover the whole race. You you think it's it, it, you're conditioned to think that it's in the worst spot and it's working and working and working. But the horse that's third fence is in a lot worse spot than it. Yep, and I think that um, oh, that also back to last uh, in the last Danish Prince, he was in a bit a bit like that as well. Yeah, he was on the fence at Kembla. He was on the fence at Kembla. There you go. You read it the same way, Gator, and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um... No, I missed something in there. Um, can't help you. That's okay. No, just just yeah, just where horses are in the run and way conditions are on the day and on their previous runs. Just in your review, you know, if you're reviewing a meeting gator when you've got a mad fence on fire and you you want to mark something's made ground out wide, you you probably have with what we're saying is you probably have to give it an extra tick. Or if the fence is no good and you see horses making ground on the fence, you you, you have to be a little forgiving as well when you're doing your form next time. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Sorry, I was. Uh, I don't know. My brain's a bit feeble. Uh, probably since about nineteen seventy-eight. That's right. Um, yeah, but yeah, it, it is a great way to find future winners. Well, I found. I think I remember tweeting. We had a savage, pretty savage on pace um, uh, meeting leading into a feature race, and something like eight of the ten winners uh, that day had made their grand out wider in the worst part of the track. So, it doesn't always pan out that well. But I think adding merit to the run is a great way to find future winners, yep. Uh, Vito, and we just spoke about uh, Josh part earlier. Vito says, what a nine days Aaron Bullock has had, a dozen winners and a dead heat. And we know Andrew Bull- uh, Aaron Bullock is a great, great talent. and had a hell of a run lately, Duff. Has he what? Um, he's doing a great job for a couple of seasons now. So, yeah, we, you know, we don't see him in town often, but... They're t- terrific riders. He's a terrific rider, and um, you, know, you wouldn't be scared to back him if he does come to town. He doesn't come often, does he? he I suppose he's... When well, you're in con- an, another rider that's severely restricted by weight. Yes, yeah. A- yeah. And yeah, yeah. if he could ride 54.5 or 55, he, he'd have plenty of rides in town. Yeah. He's uh, yeah, five winners at the Brook the other day amongst a, a stack of winners right around the place. Guys, not too far away from... Um, uh, finding out your horses to follow. There is another another caller coming in there. We'll just um, uh, play things by ear to see what happens there. But Gator, I might um, I might come to you for for your horses to follow out of the weekend's racing, Gator. Yeah, look, I think Adela Moore um, is going really well. She she was back at twelve hundred at Packenham on Saturday and just couldn't quicken. But her last fifty metres was lovely work. So back out to fourteen hundred for her. I want to follow. Uh, Smirk comes through that fast race won by Zoom on. Uh, there were really positive signs from her last start, and she was really good again without much luck on Saturday. And on the lead, he's flying as well. I mean, he covered a lot of ground. He's beaten by a pretty smart one. Beat everything else, despite the torrid run. So he might be a coming winner as well. So there's a couple for us that um, hopefully we can cash in on soon. Okay, beautiful. Before we uh, grab yours, Duff and Munns, uh, Chris has called in on the open line. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, boys. How are you going? Good, thank you. Far away. Mate, I just want to have a chat about a, a filly uh, was in the last at Juman on Saturday, Sunshine in Paris. I think it was only her second start. She won a first start very, very good. I just think that's one to um, keep your eye on for the future and if you guys have actually noticed her at all. We had a caller earlier. You must have just uh, chimed in late there because our first caller was about Sunshine in Paris this morning. So she is very popular, and I think we all agree that she's very talented. Oh, sorry, boys. I only just I only just tuned in. I didn't hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. It's uh, you're not one out. <laughs> I think everyone's onto her. Good on you, Chris. 
Thank you. Um, this is one you might be able to answer, Muns, from Zach. G'day, guys. Won the Heroes and Villains a couple of weeks ago. What's the usual turnaround time on getting the prize pack? Uh, well, that's for Jerry Middleton's department. Oh, uh, well, I think, I think well, Jerry's gone home for the day, hasn't he? Yeah, well, 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 yeah, he goes home at five past nine. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that's that's more to do with the big sports breakfast. Oh. And, uh, that's, not a segment, be... that's not a segment on this show? No, oh, no, right. no. We, you know, we're carrying enough uh, people in the organisation as is, Richard, without adding a few more in it. But uh, you're, you're, joining be... I, you're joining the IT teams then, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yes, with the deep family, I'll be there. Um... Don't you dare go down that path. <laughs> uh, but um, but uh, there may be some people in attendance uh, that uh, work on the Big Sports Breakfast, and you might be able to uh, uh, duck out during an ad break or send some of your staff to, to look for them, Richard. I'll get my people to talk to their people. Yes. Duff, uh, Duff Horses. Have a meeting uh, about it first, Richard. <laughs> is that uh, Microsoft Groups or whatever they call it? Anyway, um, Duff, your horses to follow out of the weekend, please. Yeah, tricky for me because I'm sort of haven't reviewed it properly. Um, I'm, I'm saying he, he can win a race, I don't know where, but Super Strike. And every stable mate might win a race shortly, Super Pursuit. Uh, so I'll just keep an eye on those two horses without getting you know, over the top about them. Muns. Um, I'm going to stay with Bella Rouge now. It's been used as a spotter for the Sydney Metro its last two runs at Rose Hill, uh, around the outside of Rose Hill both times. And uh, I think it it just, once again, needs needs to draw an alley to find a race where it's going to get a much, much kinder run. And as I said to you, it's flying, and we'd made it a horse to follow in the past, a key Largo, but was just, you know, just in the wrong spot. And I agree uh, with Duff. I thought I might have found it on my own deficit. Uh, in that other race there, the eighth. It's coming out of that Tamerlane race at Kembla, which has proven to be a pretty handy form race. Righto, guys. Two minutes past ten. Is is that it, Munns? Is that... Uh, can we take it much further for the moment? Yeah, well, I'm not playing golf today, Richard, so you can go along as, um, as far as, you know, as much as you like. But We uh, will finish up then. Yeah, well, you've got two previews to do, Richard, at, oh, uh, between 10 and 10.30. We've got uh, races. Oh, what, you're producing the show now, are you? No, no, just uh, telling people what's coming on when normally they, you know, sometimes they might only do one of them and uh, uh, squeeze the other one in a little bit later. But uh, We've got two uh, rundowns coming up, Wagger and Kempsey shortly. Hmm. Who's doing Dave? Is, he stuck, is Dave stuck in Mudgee, is he? Or... Might be in the lock-up in Mudgee. Haven't heard. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. Anyway. You still there, Gator? What have you got on for the week? <laughs> yeah, no, floating around, mate. Enjoying the banter. <laughs> How's your week shaping up? Just uh, into the grind of form again, I suppose. Yeah, it's not a grind, but it's um, you know it's good fun. So uh, you know we're only a couple of weeks away from the good horses back. So there's not much uh, overlap, is there, between spring and uh, autumn these days? Good to chat, mate. We'll speak soon. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, David Gately and uh, Ronnie. I think we'll uh, we'll do it this Saturday morning. We bring on uh, bring on the Ingham and the English Nursery and Razor Sharp. Good day at Randwick. Yeah, look look forward to it. It's uh, yeah, it's um, amazing to think we have got another two million dollar race coming up. And, uh, yeah, look, can't wait to see the make-up of the field. Thank you, Ronnie. We'll speak Saturday. See you, guys. Ron Duff is here. They've had Pundit's post-mortem. And Munns, as uh, you suggested, top of the show, all those markets are out there for um, for the championships and Magic Millions races. If you like to have a bit of a, a crack early, now's your chance with the tab. Yeah, and if you have had a bet pre-noms on the Ingham, uh, with the nominations being taken today, if the horse that you have back does not nominate today for the Ingham on Saturday, your money will be refunded to you. 
And from today, with those horses being nominated, the race becomes an all-in market. All-in at all times, of course. And the most interesting point is going to be what does nominate and how that will affect Nugget and Dajran with their ratings to see whether or not they can get into the field come Saturday. Good on you, Munns. Thank you. Speak during the week. See you, mate. Glenn Munsey, thank you to the guys and all who participated there in Punter's Postmortem out of the weekend.